Christ Church West Shore presents Knots Untied with Gene Sherman and Zach Jones. Today's topic, the replanting of Christ Church West Shore. Welcome, brothers and sisters. This is Gene Sherman. And I'm Zach Jones. Welcome to Knots Untied after a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, happy to be back. More than a little bit, but we're glad to be back with you as we're seeking to follow Christ together. You know, I... And so... It's crazy. I think that uh, even like for a job like being pastors that really focuses on being with people, it seems like COVID's made our schedules more busy, like much busier and not less busy. I, I don't know. Maybe you feel the same way, but... It really has. Yeah. It really has. And, and so we're trying to navigate what we're going to look like as a, the body of Christ Going forward, you know, from our kickoff Sunday, which is on the 13th, uh, going forward here at Christ Church. And so, Zach and I just want to share what's on our hearts as well as what we see an effective way to be the body of Christ together here at Christ Church. And so, we've affectionately called this Simple Church. There's a book out that was written 20 years ago by Tom Rainer and Eric Geiger called Simple Church, and a lot of good churches recognize that the way we do church is flawed. And so what we're doing here at Christ Church is going forward, as many of you received the pastoral letter this past week, is just reminding everybody this is exactly what we're doing. We're trying to simplify what it means to be a Christian rather than put another thing on your plate. You know, yeah. as as a people, and so, just I want everyone to think about what our mission statement is. Start, start. Let's start there. Disciples making disciple makers. All right, that is the emphasis of Christ Church, because Jesus. That's taken from the Great Commission, Matthew twenty eight verses eighteen through twenty. All authority in heaven and earth has been given me. Stop right there. Jesus has all authority to have a say into our lives because he's king and we're not. So that's the first step, that Jesus calls the shots. I don't call the shots. You don't call the shots. None of us call the shots. Jesus calls the shots. And because Jesus calls the shots, well, then if all authority has been given to him, go. Make disciples of all nations. All right? Make disciples. Not converts, not confirmands, not respondents to an altar call, not speak in tongues, not all the things which American evangelicalism says, but no, go make disciples. A disciple is a learner. A disciple is renewed is by the renewing of your minds. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that as we're having this opportunity to uh, with this replant mode, which is really when we're not the only church experiencing this reality. By the way, hardly, hardly. I actually, I didn't get a chance to read the whole article, but I saw that one in eight churches, I think, is going to close permanently because of COVID. Now, thanks be to God, um, it doesn't look like we're in that situation. But what it does look like is that we, like every other church in America, are at an impasse. We can keep doing things the way we have been doing, right? Or we can make hopefully positive changes and gain momentum in a replant mindset to recapture the idea of discipleship. And you're, I, I like what you said, how like American evangelical Christianity, really any 
like American Christianity because of our mindset as consumers in America right has this idea that disciples are just kind of like they say this thing they come and get this uh, service from um, the church on Sunday. other direction Gene. We're newbies, guys. Uh, still getting used to the equipment. Hang with us. Okay. I'm just trying to make sure my mic isn't turned. That that's better. Cool. That's better. Well, um, but following that thought, you think like, what does a disciple do? You know, it's it's not um, programmy. You know, it's really this organic, like transformative thing. And that's why I think the simple church mindset. I've yet to read the book. I'm looking forward to reading it. But if it's what I suspect, what they're going to point to is a reality that. The transformed life is living in the world you are in, in the context you find yourself in. Right. As a new creature. Right. Restoring right. the peace uh, and the love that Jesus calls us to restore. Or taking participation in that mission, which just means doing normal life the way Jesus calls us to do normal life. Right. And the second half of the Great Commandment is make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, meaning the God who is teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. So to to walk with Jesus is to be obedient to Jesus because he has all authority in heaven and on earth, and that's where we're headed. Now, of course, there's no perfect people here at Christ Church, but the reality is for us, we can't keep doing things the way we were doing them. Yeah. And so looking forward... With that in mind, disciples making disciple makers, this question needs to be in everybody's mind. How am I making disciples? Starting with my own life. How am I growing in my walk with Jesus? Not, um, boy, I have to go to church Sunday. It's how am I growing in my walk with Jesus? Should you go to church? Absolutely. We'll talk about that in a bit. But the reality is, how am I growing in my own walk? How am I encouraging my spouse? How am I encouraging my kids? And how am I out in this community where I live, work, and play being a blessing? Can we just start there? Can we just start right there? You know, um, is your own walk with Jesus and following Jesus with us at Christ Church? So I really want to encourage everyone. No perfect Christians here. And we all have good days and we all have bad days. Welcome to the Christian life. But start with your own time with the Lord in prayer. Your own time with the Lord, reading the word. Sharing that with your family. Leading your family in that. And and, and discipling our kids. That's first and foremost. Because I got news for you. Especially gentlemen that you're listening to this. You know, uh, when, when you're on your deathbed. And all your kids are around you, if if God grants you that, mm-hmm. all right. You don't want them to say something like, uh, "Boy, Dad was the best at running us around to all these different activities." Over and above, Dad showed us the love of God in Christ. God placarded the reality. Of the resurrection before us as a family, yeah. you know. So, men, that's that's our call. That's what we that's what we co- that's what we're called to do, and that's what we're called to be as as the the, the men of our homes and servant leadership. And servant means suffering. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this is not going to be easy, 
but we start with our own lives. S- go ahead. You wanted to say yeah, something? Yeah, I was just thinking, like, as we're talking about this, um, and the idea of how this plays out in our own lives, it seems to me that it's really, like, two primary ways that it plays out. I mean, this is an oversimplification, but we have the gathering, the assembly, in which we can talk, we're going to talk about it a bit, like, right. the idea of what church actually right. does right. on the Lord's Day, typically, normatively. Right. And then you have that rest of the week and how you live that life. Right. And it's just... So really, it's the two-pronged approach. It's really that simple. It really is. And that is, you're the same person on Monday as you go back to work as you are on Sunday morning. And so having having said all that, starting with our own lives, what does it mean for us to live as the body of Christ? I think the, the key word here is intentionality. Yeah. That as American Christians, we need to be increasing... Or begin to be intentional in how we plan our weeks out. And the highlight of our week is the Lord's Day. In other words, Sunday. You know, because that's what the early church called it. You know, and that's what Paul called it. Sunday is the Lord's Day where we focus on the resurrection every week. And that's the highlight of our week. So if we plan, and we've got three services starting September 13th. We're going back to 8 o'clock regular Book of Common Prayer communion service. And then at 9.30 and 11.15 is morning prayer with um, with communion at each services in our new format, just everybody coming forward and getting the communion cups. It is, we've taken every precaution to be safe. Mm-hmm. And so it being intentional and carving out that as the highlight of the week. Now, I'm not naive. Um, as I said at Midday Prayer the last couple of days, had I've been a kid today, I'd be playing travel baseball. Because the kids who play rec baseball, from what I can see now, can't walk and chew gum. And therefore, that would frustrate me now. If your kid plays rec baseball, forgive me for saying that. But the reality is, I would have been one of those kids who wanted to, would have wanted to be on a travel baseball team and would have been. And because of that, I know many of those games are on Sundays. So now... Is is that baseball diamond or that coach going to be there when I go before the Lord? No, you know, not that he won't it won't be in heaven, but I'm just saying we're not accountable to him. We're going to be accountable to the Lord. Yeah. So we got to. There's a tension here that's that's in our culture in the church that we just have to wrestle with. What does it mean to take the Lord's Day Sabbath? Yeah. All right, that's a separate conversation right now. But be intentional mm-hmm. to receive the Word. And the sacrament. So if you have a, a game that starts at 10 o'clock, we'll come at the 8 o'clock service. Yeah. Don't stay up Saturday night and, and, and make sure your, your child gets plenty of rest and you get plenty of rest and that you, you come to 8 o'clock, then go to the game. Or if you know you're going to be out of town for the weekend at a, at a tournament or a soccer tournament, volleyball tournament, baseball tournament, whatever it might be, or just going to be out of town for vacation, you're going to a vacation home somewhere. That's why we've started the Thursday night service. You know, the, the COVID was the, the straw that broke the camel's back that started this. But if you've been around me, you know I've been speaking about this because I felt like this is a great opportunity for our families mm-hmm. to be intentional. Yeah. All right. You know you're not going to be there on the weekend. Come Thursday night, 730, evening prayer with communion. It's the same text. It's the same message as you'd receive on Sunday. And... It's between you and the Lord how you're going to 
rest, mm -hmm. cease from your work, yeah. you know, you've gathered on Thursday instead of Sunday. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we, we can, we can, I think that's something that the culture can work with here at Christ Church. Yeah. But notice it's simple. It's simple. Awesome. You know, you're, you're being intentional on your corporate gathering, number one. Yeah. All right. And you're stepping out and saying, okay, we as a family are going to commit to this. And it's going to be, you're going to get some pushback from your kids. I guarantee it. You know, they're going to say, I don't want to go. Well, why would they? You know, they, 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 they are growing in maturity. And the point is they won't mature in Christ unless we model it for them. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah. like I said, anytime one of my kids complained, and they did, um, you know, I don't want to go. Well, look, I made a promise in baptism. I did. I made promises. Uh, and and uh, I made a promise to God, so get dressed. We're going. I told you this. This is what we do. This is what we as a family do. If we can't go Sundays, we go Thursdays. Yeah. Go ahead. And I think we also understand, because um, there's another group of people who are, I'm sure, listening and thinking, well, you know, I'm just not I'm comfortable coming back yet. Um, right, 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 right. We want to let you know that, like, this is why we have the online services. Too. Right. Um, Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, it's just, we understand that there's a lot of nuance to this situation. There's a lot of unchartedness, a lot of unknowns. Um, if you're not ready to come back, um, then... I also, I imagine then the likelihood is you're also working remotely and you're also probably not letting your kids um, go to school if you're that concerned about it, which we can totally appreciate. But if that's you, um, then we want to respect that and say, okay, so join us online because we have to get creative right now and think about how do we become a church. Because really, we kind of philosophized the idea of church and made it a little more bloated than it actually has to be. Just the right. idea of the church, the Greek word just means the gathering. The, the gathering. gathering. And if we're not doing that, as Hebrews says in Hebrews 10, there's actually a few implications with it. Number one, like if we're not gathering, how can we encourage one another? Right. And stir up one another. But right. Number two, just more fundamentally, if we're not gathering in some capacity, even if that's remote, we're not being the church. You know, um, sometimes we can use the, well, I'm a baptized member of the church as a cop out. But if you're not actually being the church, the question is, like, well, what does it actually mean to be the church, you know? And uh, on Sundays, it means gathering in so one way or another, you know? And if you can't make it on Sundays, then taking another opportunity, but at least being connected to that community. All right, so, you're right. so that's one thing, okay? But it's another thing altogether to grow and minister together. And this is, again, our, our second phase of unveiling, replanting Christchurch West Shore and that is our little church concept, which this fall we're coming into one big little church on Wednesday evenings. Now, there is a group of, of older friends that are gathering Sunday Wednesday morning this fall uh, at Auburn Hall, the, that Wednesday little church group. Um, we're going to be walking through John as well. So basically it's on Wednesdays. And our and our and our businessmen's group is still praying about how they can do this um, as well. But having said that, look, it's important for us to break open the Word of God together, to hear from one another. Because you, when you're hearing other voices, when you're when you're listening to how other people are processing the texts and what have you, you grow. 
and you change and you are transformed into who the Lord wants you to be. Because again, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus. Yeah. And because all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him, and in Colossians, he's the image of the invisible God, you know, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created and, and, and visible and invisible, all authorities and powers. He has every right to speak into our lives. And therefore, the, the typical American uh, Christian profession doesn't line up, yeah. as I can tell, with what Jesus is asking us to do. And we, so the one way we facilitate growth beyond Sundays is our little churches. And so as we're going forward... As we're going forward, we uh, want to make sure that we give opportunities to uh, grow together. And we've taken this little church concept, basically borrowing from John Wesley's Methodist movement groups, where they, they break open the word, they discuss it, they, and they serve together in the community. Yeah. So we're going to be looking out and praying through the fall, how can we serve this community in the midst of the pandemic? Yeah. And we're doing this together. And so for those who can't make it in person, because we're only taking 12 to keep it safe and to keep the conversation at a place where people would be willing to speak, we're limiting it to 12 total. And if you can't make that group, well, you can watch it online on our website, www.christchurchwestshore.com or on our YouTube channel, which many of you have already subscribed to, or our Facebook page. And just, you can text in. We'll have a text number where you can text in a question as well. And that's how we're changing. And going forward, I think we're going to have the video ministry probably for the rest of my life. You're looking forward. It's another way of the front door. um, Because we know during the pandemic especially, uh, we have two new families coming to us right now that weren't coming to us before the pandemic. But they are now because they were they've moved here and we're looking at other churches and they stumbled upon us and they like it you know and so um again but that's it yeah i I hope you all heard that that's it you don't need to do anything else you don't need to serve on vestry if god hasn't called you you don't need to serve on altar guild if God hasn't called you. Now, I'm not saying don't serve on vestry. I'm not saying don't serve on altar guild because altar guild especially needs people. Um, what we need are people to serve through the little churches, you know, uh, and that's critical. And if we have three services down the road to consider you, you attend one and then you serve the other, yeah. you know, so you attend 930, Help out the kids' nursery or, or the kids' church at 1115, and vice versa, whatever. The point is that's healthy Christianity. Yeah, I think when we look, we look at like this idea of like what um, is expected of like Christians um, right now, you know, in America, and it's not just America, but it's the context we're in, and so it's the one we're most familiar with. And we over-spiritualize or over-formalize uh, what this involvement needs to look like, and I, we don't really need you to be at our building five days a week or mm-hmm. three days a week. Right. If you come and worship on Sunday and then you come and you learn and grow with the, that little church, 
then the, the rest of your week is simply being Christ in the world. And um, it's really simple. You know, the way that the youth group is structured it is we do lessons um, two to three times a month, depending on how long the month is. And then we do a service week um, where we're around the community doing something simple. It doesn't have to be profound. I think sometimes we're afraid to serve because we're like, well, this isn't that impressive. All I'm doing is helping somebody clear out their garage. But that is such a big deal to somebody who can't pick up boxes by themselves. Absolutely. It is a simple way um, to do what I want to mention this quote in a second, but what this guy that I'm going to quote has in mind. Um, and then we model a, a week of either rest or game night just to kind of reward that hard work and that labor and have a healthy, sustainable rhythm. You don't need to be out and exhausted. You can do this in a way that is sustainable. Because the bottom line idea is, uh, in the words of this guy, um, Matthias, who wrote the Epistle to Diagnetus, he says, to sum, all, if, to sum up all in one word, what the soul is in the body, Christians are in the world. We're dispersed. Right. We're not of the world, but we are mm-hmm. in the world. Right. And we're just doing simple things. If you, I would encourage you to read this. Um, listeners, when you have time, it's a really like five-minute read. But everything that this guy uses to describe what Christians are is just simple things. I love my family. I work faithfully. You know, I rest well. I abide by the laws of the land. It's just, it's a simple thing. We don't need to over-spiritualize it. We don't need to um, make it, we don't need to be monks, you know, walking around and hiding out in this building and right. um, just praying without action. You know, we can mm-hmm. we can do this stuff and be this what the what the souls in the body as Christians in the world just go out and love people you know right that's why I think simplifying what we are doing as a congregation right is I think really going to help that because the impetus becomes all right there's only really a couple things that we do as a formal parish activity right the rest is up to you right right you know so many many hours in a week my friends and so we want to encourage you to. Uh, participate in these opportunities we're offering you. Now, the question that I think is worth throwing up, what are the barriers that we view to taking this step into being involved on Sundays or Thursday nights or Wednesday nights um, going forward? You know, I mean, some people will say, well, I just can't do that. Um, Why? I would ask why. Uh, what is so important? What is more important than your growth in Jesus Christ? Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a, if a man will abide in me and I in him, he'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Are we bearing fruit? Yeah. Are you making disciples? Mm-hmm. I know you want to. I mean, if you're a Christian, you want to. Yeah. You, know, you may not be doing one now, but you want to. Well, come be part of a group of encouraging people. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to make you read out loud. We're not going to make you, we're just going to simply encourage people in the reality of the grace and truth of Christ. The barriers that I see in our culture, this isn't a Christ church issue. It's a a Western church issue. I see people worshiping their families over and above the Lord. That they can't upset grandpa and grandma. They can't upset their grown adult kids. They can't upset their kids that are still in their home. Yeah. You know? Who, who's your Lord? <laughs> who's your Lord? That's one thing I've seen. I've also seen people worship sports. Oh, yeah. You know? 
um, you know, they can't come to church on Sunday morning because the Browns are playing. Well, kickoff's not till one. You can get all the time. Okay, <laughs> you can come to eight o'clock service and be down at the tailgate if you want to. Yeah. You know, in time for the game. Um, not just the Browns. I'm talking. I mean, every sport doesn't matter. I'm not. I'm not singling out football. I'm just saying these are the things of our culture. Yeah. You know, what's another idol, if you will, of our culture that inhibits our walk with Christ? What are the barriers? I really just think um, the one that I see really more than anything else is the one that undergirds those, and it's this desire to always be occupied. You know, ooh, just gotta get it good. Done, gotta get it done. Gotta get it done. It doesn't stop. You know, all, you have to fill your calendar. Like, right. there's this mind that if my calendar is full, there's some status with that. Like, right. I am sought after, right. or I am needed in these places. The bottom line is, you know, my friends, that like whatever you're doing right now, whether that's soccer or the PTA or whatever it is, they were doing just fine before you got there, and they'll do just fine when you're gone. Right. Now, it doesn't mean that those things aren't important. And I think they right. show Christ there. Right. Absolutely. Maybe but, that's a ministry God's called you to do is serve on the PTA. That's fine. That's between you and the Lord. But I think but, the balance needs to be exemplified. I always think about Eric Liddell when I think about this healthy balance. Right. Right. You don't get more high level and sought after than being an Olympic medalist. Right. Right. What did he do? He refused to run on the Lord's Day. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So, my friends, you can compete at a very high level and say, you know what, I really don't want to do this on the Lord's Day and it can make a difference. It can change things. Right. And even if that means that you don't run the race that you wanted to run or you play a different sport. Right. God honored that in the life of Eric Will. He'll honor that in your life. Even right. Even if you might not be an Olympian. Right. Professional because Right. Of, but that just speaks to the reality that there's something more important. Right. It can be great. It can be a testimony and you can use those things for the glory of God but only if you see God as more important than that thing. And you take honoring the Lord's Day more importantly than that. And you take loving Christ and showing that love to other people as more important than that. Otherwise, you can say you want to show Christ in that. But if showing Christ in that is I just go and play like every other player and I'm pretty good at it. You know, and maybe I have John three sixteen in my eyeshadow. Right. Isn't it the same? Right. I think the key thing as we wrap up here today is to be a Christian, we have to slow down. That's why our worship in, in the Anglican tradition is so revolutionary by today's standards. Because compared to other churches, which are more entertainment-driven perhaps, we just come to meet the Lord. It's simple. It's a piano. It's a goofy-looking guy in a, in a robe coming together. And uh, we, we tend to keep it just right on the text. And so that's the question that I want to leave the listener with today. Are you willing to slow down, have your own time with the Lord, to redo your schedule so it's simplified so you can gather together with God's people? Because we're called to love the Lord and love God's people. You can't love people you don't know. And two, somewhere throughout the week or every other week, we're involved with a group of people and growing together in the Lord and serving the community together. That's an accountability which American individualism doesn't necessarily appreciate. But I want to encourage you to push up against that because we're not going to be standing before the president when we die. We're going to stand before Jesus, who all authority in heaven and earth has been given.
So, therefore, my friends, I encourage you, this Sunday, we are gathering together and we're going to wrap up uh, the, the whole uh, Naaman series, if you will. Last week, we, you, you can check out the podcast. We talked about how do, how do people become believers? Because the West Shore is full, filled with Naamans. And we're going to see Naaman a transformed life. And we're going to see how you live as a believer through the person of Naaman um, as he returns to Syria. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be great. And so we're looking forward to you joining us with that. So um, on behalf of our leadership, I'm Gene Sherman. I'm Zach Jones. And we welcome you and we just look forward to seeing you this Sunday at Christ Church. Thanks for listening.